Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take puffy shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan Jesse Go, we're joined by the great Rob Cordry to discuss Jordan working on his television program, among other things. Let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. Oh, it is a pleasure to have a special guest on this program every time we have a special guest. But this guest is more special than past special guests. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. I mean, he's, at least he's more special in the fact that he's met Oliver Stone. <laughs> I think that's probably, probably what separates him from you. Your Ashcons. Yeah, sure. I mean, Ashcons are probably a better. Ashcons probably a better rapper. Uh, Juanita is probably wiser. Mm-hmm. Uh, but our guest Rob Cordry has uh, met Oliver Stone. Welcome to the show, Rob Cordry. I, th- I've sh- I have uh, touched a hand that has touched an Oscar. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Did you get any of the juice on you? Do you know what happened <laughs> once? I was up at a friend's house, and his 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 great aunt won an Oscar for. Uh, I think it's an ordinary gentleman, a something gentleman in um, whatever the the 40s. His like great aunt won this Oscar, and he goes, "Go ahead, pick it up." And he's an actor too. And I pick up the Oscar, and he goes, "Now you're never gonna win one." Wow. Oh, is there apparently, a curse? If, if is you there touched like a... it's the Oscar curse. If you oh, touch an Oscar, that is you don't fucked win. up. And what you were dick. totally you were totally gonna win one too. I, what a dick, yeah, right? Man, I mean, here in 1991, I'm already destined to win an Oscar, right, exactly. and my friend. Fucking sabotages me. Man. Oh, that is disastrous. Just think, like, yeah. for example, just for example, uh, Harold and Kumar in Guantanamo Bay. Exactly. If you, you had not picked up that Oscar yeah. in 1991. Yes. I mean, that. I think everyone, when the Oscar Oscars were announced that year, were kind of like, where is it? Suspiciously well, absent. Just remind me, who did win a racist buffoon this year? Who, won, uh, who did win that? Do you remember who won that? God, who Wilford won that? Wilford Brimley, I yeah. think. Uh, again, it's so boring. I know. I know. Every time <laughs> oh, he plays uh, a, a guy you know from what? real life. That was last year. It was Gerard Depardieu. Oh, oh that's that Gerard right. Depardieu. You know what? He deserved it. He, he also. He it was kind of just one of those for... things where he's been up so many times. It's a lifetime he, achievement right, award. Right, right, exactly. the... He also won the uh, the Golden Globe, I believe, for yeah. uh, Best Nose in a Comedy or Variety Program. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, oh Man, gosh. I'm feeling bad. I shouldn't have touched that Cable Ace Award the other day. <laughs> <laughs> that was what you yeah. had to look forward to, Jordan. Yeah. Fu- I've touched Webby's. I've touched Key mm. Art Awards. I'm not winning anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A I High wonder... Times Stoner of the Year Award. <laughs> yep. yep. I kind of wonder about, about Oscars specifically. I think a lot about Oscars and yep. not an Oscar for... You know, the oh, Orson Welles Oscar for best screenplay on Citizen Kane. This Oscar will live forever, right? But they give the same Oscar for best sound mixing. So, like, let's say the person who won the be- the best Oscar for best sound mix- mixing on the Poseidon Adventure, um, <laughs> and the that person dies and doesn't have any family, then what happens to that Oscar? Somebody uncovers it, it. It goes into like a secondary market, right? But what is the secondary market uh, for best sound on the Poseidon Adventure? Like, what is the worst Oscar you could have? Because you still have an Oscar. 
Uh, they become sex toys for the absurdly yeah. rich. Are you <laughs> Are you trying to sell me secondhand Oscars? <laughs> is that what this is about? Have you ever seen an officer and a gentleman, Rob Cordray? <laughs> oh, God. Did, Did you know that go. it won a Best Costume Oscar? Look, I don't have any cash on me right now. I really don't. Seriously, I don't need cash. I like uh, your shirt. Do, will you trade me your shirt for oh, the Oscar? The answer is yes. You can't wear the Oscar as a shirt, though. You should know that. <laughs> what do you I... give me for this Bernay Brith Award? <laughs> Uh, uh, speaking of uh, speaking of media, yeah, um, sure, okay. Uh, now that's a kind of smooth yeah. segue that's yeah. paved our way to super popularity yep. on you the are, internet. You are killing, yeah, the internet and radio with Good. that segue. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're both exploding right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, Rob, I don't know if you uh, you know this, but I was uh, I was a PA on the pilot of your television series the winner okay so rob you you created a fox television pilot called you were starred in a fox television program called the winner Mm -hmm. this was what three or four years ago now about about three years ago i just started it i had nothing to do with the you uh, you started it was created by uh i had nothing to do with hiring guy guy and stuff right blit and uh seth mcfarland i had nothing to do with the hiring of the pas so (laughs) you um you sat in on the hiring of the pas you recognized (laughs) in jordan uh you recognized that glint in his eye it signified one day this guy could win a Cable Ace Award unless he makes a horrible mistake. Which no. I have. <laughs> they still give out Cable Ace Awards? They do. For, okay. Uh, I don't know. Do they still exist? I don't think so. We haven't heard from them in a while. You, yeah. because well, because you had a career for quite some time in the, exactly the kind of program that would win a You're Cable right. Ace Award. You're right. You should know this. I would be, I would be ass deep in Cable Ace Awards <laughs> right now. <laughs> 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 okay, um, so Jordan, you you worked as a as a production PA, yes, production assistant. Yes, uh, and I think maybe the kind of the two noteworthy tasks that I had uh, on that were was this at, was this before or after you were working on Living with Friends? This is after. <laughs> okay, this so after. just for perspective, so, yeah, right? So exactly. So we can get a timeline. Gotcha. Sure. Gotcha. Jordan had already worked on the acclaimed sitcom Living with Friends, gotcha. created by Jamie Kennedy, starring Fran Drescher. Now I have a picture in my head. Sure. So I mean, obviously, I know what it's like working in a kind of a rigorous office with a, with lot, a lot of egos. With a lot of stars. You know the ropes. You yeah, know the ropes. Right. Uh, you can, name you three could make great... It through, you could make it through a narrow hallway despite being pulled hither and thither by various people's star power. Exactly, yeah. So Personal I know what it's magnetism. like uh, to deal with a Rob Corddry, a lady from Airplane. Sure. The two mm-hmm. stars from... Yep. Um, name three great things I did to you. Oh, gosh. Um, Just the three top things great uh, gestures i made to you well if you can yeah yeah no i mean i mean if you can pick that's that's yeah that's kind of the difficult part it's just picking three uh well i mean the crew back rubs were great you're welcome uh and you know whereas you know i might have wanted a little more personal attention it was nice of you to go around and do that you're welcome yeah Yeah. i mean that thank Uh, you uh, I said it at the time. I'll say it again. Thank you. Okay. And uh, now I remember you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now I remember you. I'm the one with the knots. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, Jordan used to Jordan used to come over to my house on the way to work asking for olive oil. I never knew why that was. Mm-hmm. Now I know. No. Um. Yeah. Thing two. Uh. You crashed my car. Mm-hmm. Uh. 
which, I mean, I guess in hindsight was kind of inconvenient, but funny at the time. Well, also, you have to keep in mind that I was drunk, so <laughs> yes, yes. it doesn't really count. And making right. a point. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to make a point. At the same About time. Yes. the national debt. <laughs> and I think I... Uh... I think my point was made. No, it was loud and clear. Good. And you know, I I I had to I had to walk mm-hmm. to work, which is was very inconvenient after that. But you know, but fun. to be completely fair, how many lots of people voted for Perot that year for just because you did that? That and you know what? Uh I feel like I did my part that right. year and and um for the Independence Party, the Freedom Party? <laughs> yeah, whatever. What was it? The Perot uh, army, the Perot army. <laughs> yeah, there yeah, I think that's what the it's Perot called. paramilitary. <laughs> Shock troops. Uh, and, I mean, I think just three, I'm going to say pinata. Okay. And it was... Did, hey, did, enough did. said. Thursday pinatas. <laughs> right, yes. Said. Pinata, Thursday, Thursday pinatas. Yeah. Jordan, I remember... This is something that I remember um, from your time working on the program. I'm not authorized to bring this up, but... Go ahead. I remember... Jordan, that at this point, Jordan had been working on these living with Fran type programs for quite some time, uh, several years, and so it was a it was a great pleasure to be working on a program uh, that wasn't, you know, notably horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the the show the show was you know relatively speaking a success compared to other television pilots, although a failure com- compared yeah. to successful television programs. We got six on the air. Which, yeah. Yeah, yeah, on the scale of that's a. Yeah, something of a coup. Yeah, so um, I remember kind of against the odds in the TV business, really. Yeah, like I guess. Getting a sure, thing. sure. Yeah, so I remember that Jordan's, as I remember it, and this is just working from my memory. Jordan's yeah. proudest moment was the moment when a PA's job, normally, obviously, for folks who aren't in the entertainment industry, is to get, go get somebody coffee. Yeah. Or we need a thousand clipboards for this scene. Can you go to the office max right now? Basically, to do what I say. Exactly. <laughs> sure. Yes. So you were you were running the show, so yes. I knew what I could get away with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so I remember Jordan had a moment where he got to do something creative. He got to <laughs> contribute to the program. Do you do you remember this, Jordan? Yeah, yeah. Um uh in your character's room, your character uh uh in the winter was kind of a um kind of a pop culture junkie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, spent a lot of time watching TV, and that was kind of his frame of reference for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they wanted your room to be filled with uh, VHS tapes of stuff you had taped off the TV, and I got to label all of those. Oh, that's great. Jordan got to label the television and, programs. And uh, when I asked them what, what TV shows I should put on the labels, they said, like, just whatever you think the character would be into. Oh, my God. Wow. Uh, that's, a, that's called creative license. That's uh, fun. Yeah, That's, it was very You fun. had a lot of fun, I didn't did. You? I had a ton of fun. And it probably took you like four hours. You it really did. milked that one. Yeah, I neglected a lot of like coffee <laughs> yep. and dry cleaning because, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Do you remember what you wrote on the yeah. video card? Video cassette? Oh, God, yeah. The, yeah, and then I, I wrote the name of a show and then I kind of came up with a joke episode title and i think my... they were definitely they're yeah. looking to the pas as writers yeah. yeah sure and i you know that's the good way to slip in like who wrote these hilarious part of you must have thought like what if seth mcfarland was just walking right, through right. the set and he was like wait a minute this is br- who wrote this? This is funnier than anyone was, on the staff. Like, who wrote this? Get in here! Oh, oh sorry, yeah. sir. I didn't. I just wanted to. Uh, you oh, are God, here. It comes. Super great. Whoa! <laughs> here's your here's your WGA card. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and a bag of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yes, I think my uh, the two ones I'm most proud of. I did one that was the A Team, and this uh, episode uh, title was uh, Explosion Party, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Doctor Who, yeah. and then some British stuff happens. <laughs> the episode title. Uh, I think the show. I mean, you, you didn't great. see them on camera, but it, you know, it's one of those things where it, it informs the world. It, do, it adds to the. Uh, Did you ever yeah. try and like ply the director of photography to uh, to kind of or, or or the director of a given episode uh, or maybe a storyboard artist to slip in a shot where the camera pans across his video cassette <laughs> is collection? There, is there actually any of those things on a multi-camera sitcom? Like, <laughs> don't they just have robot cameras set up? Yeah, you hit a red button and you go. Yeah. There's yeah, there's kind of a there, yeah, there's a fat guy reading yeah. a penthouse that pushes a button yes. every now and then, and then the show starts. <laughs> Cinematographer to be is not a word that's yeah. bandied about a lot on the Fox yeah. lot. I like I like the idea. I I really like the idea of like one of these guys from Europe that Woody Allen would hire, <laughs> Czechoslovakian dude, yeah. 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 working working on the winner, and. He's like he brings he like comes to work with like a special case full of lenses like these are his lenses yeah. and he like attaches them to the cameras mm-hmm. uh-huh. and then he just sits behind a console with an A B and C button. Yep. <laughs> yes, Jordan, I think you made I think you're I think I'm maybe I'm speaking out of school, Rob, mm-hmm. but without Jordan's contributions, I'd say four episode run. With Jordan's contributions, six-episode run. I will say that I remember the bedroom set being very, very realistic. The books that were set there, Mm -hmm. you know, that there were videotapes was was appropriate. Yeah. There were, I believe, action figures. No, no. Actually, no action figures. They're like, come on, no action figures. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't play with action figures. You wouldn't play with action figures. They thought it was too Steve Carell. They right. thought it was too a uh, forty-year-old oh, virgin. Oh yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Um, <laughs> because that's a comparison people are going to make. But you also, I mean, to be fair, you also your character was was got really into a team and Doctor Who specifically. Yes. Well, Wings was my uh, yeah character's yeah. It, it was a, the show was like it was a period piece yeah. set in 1992. It's the worst <laughs> idea for a, a show, really. When you think of it, it's way too about the writer's life. So it was like, yeah, it was a period piece set in 1992, sure. and. Uh, you know, and 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 yet, and then you're looking back. My character's narrating it from the future, so yes. from like 2015. Wait, so and it's being and it's playing mm-hmm. in 2000. So this really was this was very Doctor Who like. Crazy. Mm-hmm. It was deeply and powerfully informed by Doctor Who. It was kind of a time was there also show. was there, Were there also Daleks? yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say a, a like a, a red phone booth, a TARDIS. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, you're on board. Yeah, you know what's going on. You did wear that gay scarf the yeah. whole show. Yep, I was the fifth guy to play the winner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My grandmother was really, really loved Doctor Who. My grandmother is like German American woman. Yeah, like the most. Her two favorite shows were All Creatures Great and Small. Oh. And Doctor Who. Hmm. Like, I think she just watched whatever was on PBS, yeah, maybe. Probably. Like, she had no interest at all in, like, a science fiction. Or she liked Dickens. Dickens was her favorite thing. She was not very... She was not highly educated, had not gone to college. She loved Charles Dickens and uh, Doctor Who for some reason. I remember when hmm. I was, like, nine years old visiting her in Washington, D.C. and thinking, 
what is this shitty ass show? <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? I was convinced by one of my friends that it was a brilliant show. And so I would watch it a lot and never, and always really trying to yeah. enjoy it as much as my friend did, you know? And like getting into it, but really just for his benefit, you know? Yeah. Like, it really, maybe it's just one of those things, like there are these things that a nerd can like because there's things to know about. And right, there's you, things to geek out about. Yeah, Man. I don't know because otherwise I could not tell you the appeal of the program. And I'm going to be honest, right now I'm just baiting hate emails. Yeah, um, yeah. I think the podcast audience and the Doctor Who audience largely coincidental. <laughs> this is gonna, be, yeah, this is gonna be, um, this is gonna be. You're gonna get more of a backlash than that time I said I hated Blackadder on Twitter. Oh, <laughs> that was a mistake. Oh. Did you get paying for that one? I hate I hate Black Adder too. Yeah, I hate Black Adder. Yeah, it's not funny. Yeah. It's stupid. Yeah, it's weird. It's so dumb. dumb. I don't so understand. Mm-hmm. I like a lot of the people involved. Good idea though. Like I wish I'm, I wish yeah, I wish right? they would do something like that now, where it's set in a different time period every year. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> the Onion just did a had an article about TV shows mutating. Did you guys read that? No, about I how, didn't. Like, uh-uh. Valerie's family became Hogan's, and then the Hogan family, and and it just got rid of her. And then like Charles in Charge's second season, he was in the same house but with a different family <laughs> so the, the, the implication being that he like stayed in the house as people moved in and out of it do they bring up family matters in that article at all no no what was the um i i what bothers I, you about that one uh starts out kind of you know cosby-esque uh sitcom kind of wholesome family sitcom uh and i remember at the end it was about uh Urkel shifting shapes and then having a robot that was becoming yes, sentient. Yes, there was a robot Urkel oh. that he like almost had to fight against. Yeah, the robot was becoming too aware. It was a it was a Terminator oh. situation. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, well, that's scary. And then uh, yeah, I think there was all there was also time. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I just remember. Was there? Seeing I think that he had an. E- I think fuck? Urkel had an evil twin too. Yes, probably. Urkel was really getting around. Well, he started to throw his weight around the set, I think. He's like, come on, let me do something else. Right. I'm an actor. I'm classically trained. I remember as like, <laughs> you know? I remember as like a, as a six-year-old, a really key worry in my... You know, there's this... You When you're really young, a big part of your life is trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, what like, you just is. don't sure. know what the fuck is... Like, there's some... Like, even the things that you do know them, you're still not sure because you only just figured that out. And you could be... You've been burned before, you know? And I remember two things specifically that I loved that I could not wrap my fucking head around. One of them was Mr. T. I, I knew he was on the A-team, because we got A team reruns. Mm-hmm. Um, when he had it, and I, I was vaguely aware that there was a cartoon of him, but I don't think I had seen the cartoon. I think the cartoon came on in like, I was born in 1981. I think it came on maybe 1984, 1985, and I was just a little bit too young to really get a cartoon. So when I'm a couple years later, I, I know that there was, and I also knew him again from received information to be a professional wrestler <laughs> which i guess is something he did after the peak of his career but that was so that was more i think he started off as a wrestler and then went back to it i think I he think. started off as sylvester stallone's bodyguard oh you're right and then he put you're him in right. rocky yeah that's right um and i so i if remember I know my like lore. as yeah. a child just being just 
being fucked up in my mind. Just my mind just twisted into pretzels by who is the real Mr. T? Because he's like, because the Mr. T is also like, he was also a sort of a public figure at the time. Well, he had, yeah, there's that famous shot of uh, Nancy Reagan sitting on his lap. Exactly. Right? Like, that must <laughs> I've have, never seen that. That must have destroyed you. Yeah. Oh, my God. And How are so you going to assimilate this that? Real life the thought Mr. of that T. is destroying yeah. me now. There's real life Mr. T, right? Yeah. And, and that is a man who's who's going by the name Mr. T. <laughs> He's playing a character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In real, but in real life, sort yeah. of like Pee Wee Herman was doing at the time. Yeah. Uh, then there's uh, wrestling Mr. T. Which is a wrestler who has the same name as the real life Mr. T and is the real life Mr. T, but he's a wrestler and exists in the world of wrestling. You see what I'm saying? Like it's a different. And then there's a cereal and you just shit your pants. <laughs> <laughs> I did shit my pants at the time. Yeah. You know, it, yeah, that definitely seems to be a, uh, a trend that doesn't exist anymore is kind of taking that real life celebrity, a Mr. T, a hammer, a new kids on the block and making a cartoon out of them. A Harlem Globetrotters. I was actually just talking last oh, night to somebody yeah. about how many cartoons the Harlem Globetrotters popped up in. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And then did, did they have their own at one point too? I know the, 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 the uh, uh, Scooby-Doo was, yeah, was yeah. their big their big launching pad. Sure. Um, as a but yes, I think there was a standalone Globetrotter yeah. cartoon. Did you go see the Globetrotters? Somebody was telling me they went to see the Globetrotters and it was real boring. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't me. I went to see the Globetrotters <laughs> once. I don't know what that is. What is that anymore? I went I've to never see the Fast those... and the Furious movie and that was real boring. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard those words in the same sentence. The Globetrotters were boring. Yeah. Yeah. No, can you, you know? imagine? There wasn't enough antics? I, I don't understand. I just heard they... an article that the Washington Generals have actually won twice. Really? No. They've won games twice. One, uh, one they just claim to have won because they're an actual real team and they're really out there to win. No, yes, they're, they're not. It's not rehearsed. They are, and number one, wow. they're not a real team. And no, number well, they're two, not they're a not real team, but they are out there to win. And and they uh, do they get like a special bonus if they beat no the no I, I'm sure they'll they'll get money taken away if they actually <laughs> they, they're not told to lose. Yeah, they and they won one, and they changed the scoreboard so that the Globetrotters won, and then they just then they really won one game. Wow. Yeah, the owner just the original owner just died or something. When did the, the generals? Uh, do Somebody, the... it's a separate owner. No, yeah. it is not. Yes. A, the Washington Generals are not owned by a call separate in. person. Callers, callers, yes. come call in. That's outrageous. It's, it's completely a different. Uh, and you know, they used to be called. There used to be like you know eight different teams. They would just put on different uniforms. Right. You know what I mean? And they right. would be the whatever Kentucky Rebels. And, sure. Uh, but I believe now they're just the generals. They've just they're just the generals now, right. and they really play to win. And True like or not, I like this version kids. better. <laughs> That's what I choose yeah, to believe. They're college kids who choose that over going to like uh, Europe and you playing know what? European basketball. You wow. know what I really like? I this is something that I really like. Um, speaking of barnstorming sports teams, when I when I was a baseball when I was a super baseball nerd um, in the in the nineteen twenties, thirties, and forties. There was this barnstorming baseball team that would play against uh, semi-pro teams and also against Negro League teams. It was one of the few white teams that would play against Negro League teams called the House of David. And this team was the Jewish – it was like the Jewish version of the Negro League's teams – um, wow. And they, but they, because it was the time, you know, it was it was sort of vaudevillian. They wore uh, they wore like forelocks and big beards, and like many of them were not Jewish. Wow. Just to be clear, <laughs> but if you want, but they were one of the top earning barnstormers. There was it was like a big deal to play for the House of David team. Like it was a big team if you weren't in the major leagues. 
And um, so the players would grow giant beards in order to try and be on, like if you got signed to the team, like you, there was like a period where you had to just grow a giant beard before you were allowed out onto the field uh-huh. and, and four locks. And, uh, you know, uh, you had a Star of David uniform in the whole nine yards. There you go. Thanks, Jordan. That's, that's, well, that's true. <laughs> There's something. That exists. <laughs> I just say the word baseball, and Jordan just uh. shuts down. It's just a... I mean, I guess we could riff on that. Hey, what about the Viking team, right? Was that something? They wore he- <laughs> he- he- pelts and horn hats. You could segue into a slightly different topic. You don't have to riff on that. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I was being rude. Our whole our whole operation is falling apart at the seams. <laughs> yeah, don't I you blame wanna... Rob Cordry. Don't yeah. you want to ask me a question or something? Oh, God. Um, what do you think about Jesse's baseball story? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a perfectly good story. Rob Cordry was impressed with the giant beards on the whole nine yards. I like yards. the beard thing. I like that they had... Uh, they had to make that like probably nine month commitment right. to grow a beard like that. If you were t- if you were touring with, a, let's say you weren't a film and television star, we're going to make that impossible. presumption impossible yeah. to consider. <laughs> if you if you were at the stage in your career that you were at maybe ten years ago, and you were touring with a, a UCB touring company type type operation, sure. uh, would a lot you of corporate retreats? Yeah, would you be of, willing uh, to yeah. grow a giant beard? In order to participate in a uh, a Jewish themed um, uh, barnstorming comedy group, <laughs> there's a question for you, fuckhead. <laughs> Man, I would love an excuse to change my appearance uh, for yeah, something. That, I would because yeah, I love any excuse to grow a beard. <laughs> mm-hmm, That's a really good point. Yeah. I could, I can grow. I have a not enough beard to grow a beard. And so I think that any opportunity that I had just to see how much beard I could make, because I don't have enough to do it legitimately, it would only be embarrassing. But I really want to know how much beard I could make. Yeah, man, I I have a thick beard, but I have never been able to do it past a a couple of weeks just because I I hate itchiness. Oh, it's so itchy. It feels like you've been eating a candy apple. Really? (laughs) And and it's hardened on your mouth, Mm -hmm. and every time you open your mouth (laughs) wide, it cracks a little bit. It's horrible. Also, also there's three wasps on your face at all times. always, just crawling around. I feel like my whole whole goal in life is, is now to, like, set up situations where I can find out how much beard I can grow. Yeah. Without embarrassment. Do you remember Mustache March? That was a complicated scheme uh, we had a, a few years ago. When we, maybe when we were still in college, I had this, I had this idea that we were going to start this thing called Mustache March, where in March, and then I later after that failed, I I turned the schedule back and we tried and I tried to convince people to do Mustache May. Um, it's harder. But, it was where I was going to get Jordan and Mustache and July, then which was less the, catchy. Then Santa <laughs> Young America co-host uh, Eugene O'Neill to grow mustaches with me for some kind of charity, something that mm. we would do on the radio. They would not go for it. I was like, this is a free pass to see how much mustache you can grow. <laughs> like, if anything embarrassing happens, and I think what it came down to was that at the time, romantically speaking, I was spoken for and they were not. Uh-huh. There um, you go. And so go. I, was, I was essentially pitching them a, a dry spell of one month. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know what I mean? A smoochless month. (laughs) Anyway, we have a lot of cool stuff to come on Jordan, Jesse, Go. We'll be back in just a second with uh, myself, Jordan Morris, and, of course, the great Robert Cordry. Love you. 
It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Rob Cordry, you get to introduce yourself and you get to make up a nickname. Rob Cordry, wearing pants. I like it. Good one. It's a yeah. It's pants uh, wearer. Pants wearer. Yeah. I mean, it's covered kind in of pants. Charming. Pants. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Covered in pants. That's the winner. Uh, your your uh, your your cohort Seth Morris when he was on was mm. a tall glass of faggot. <laughs> if that I mean if that gives you any kind of like bar, I got, oh boy, that's been said. But uh, I think covered in pants kind of torpedoes that covered, one. Covered in pants, yeah, covered in pants is really solid. <laughs> um, so Rob, I I this is something I wanted to bring up. Rob, you mm-hmm. kind of are a recent ish. Uh, New York to L.A. transplant, right? Yeah, three years almost. Yeah, yeah. I, re- I read about Rob when he, when Rob first moved here to Los Angeles. I read about his apartment or his uh, his house, his rental unit in the New York Times apartment section in the magazine. Wow. Yeah, yeah, in the magazine oh, where yeah. they have go through a famous person's house. Dwell is it dwellings? What is dwellings? It that, I think dwellings think sounds dwellings. right. Yeah, yeah. J.J. J. Abrams was in before me. That's not to drop names of uh, famous directors. <laughs> yeah. Um, what? Had, had, and your how, house were, is were you totally bigger with than his. The piece? Did you? Did you feel like? Uh, yeah, it, actually, it made you look cool. There was. Uh, yeah, there was. They. They do like. They kind of. I was like, I really don't have anything. I don't know what you're gonna do. It's a rental. It's not really. I don't really feel like it's ours. And they kind of walked around and was like, Oh, this is great. This is great. And. Yeah, I think I ended up looking like I had some pretty cool did stuff. They, did they just like send a lady to do it? Yeah, or yeah. Was there a photographer? There was, and then there was a lady, photographer. Two different. Oh no. Separate. There was a photographer, and then I guess a producer with them as well, or maybe the writer. Wait, a no, producer. No, because the writer called me. There's it no wasn't producers in newspapers. Well, it was a woman that was not taking. She wasn't the writer, and she wasn't taking the pictures, but she yeah. was kind of. You know, making sure that, making shit got sure. Done. Rob, yeah. I don't mean to be rude, but I think that was just a stalker. <laughs> <laughs> I think she just they assumed that she was with you and you assumed that they were that she was with them. I get a lot of emails from her. Yeah. <laughs> Are they Follow-ups. darkly sexual? Yes, but she said they're they're always like uh subject is FYI mm-hmm. or BTW or uh you know Have you ever <laughs> thought about up. putting a in your basement? Some stuff like that. Like a fuck machine, for stuff example. Stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of... And I just thought she was kidding. I was like, this is funny. She's, she's funny. Yeah. Fun. It's a fun she's pen funny. pal situation. Oh, she wants to kill me again. She's great. You mm-hmm. figured it was one of those intellectual New York Times-y kind of yes. things. Yes, yes. Maybe, you I know. just so want to be part of that gang, you know, yeah. that... <laughs> that you're willing to let them sodomize your let wounds. This crazy woman. <laughs> <laughs> like, sure, there's, a, there's like an automatic dildo pumping machine that you had to buy and install in your basement, but if you get to meet Paul Krugman, yeah, then it's know, all worth it. You get to hang with A.O. <laughs> Scott for a day. <laughs> um... Uh, you, you were Jordan. You, you you were you were just in New York City though, right? You, I was. You did like a week in New York. Uh, City. Yeah, and I'm actually on on uh, on Sunday. Uh, I don't know when this is coming out, but the week that you may or may not be listening to this, I have to, I have to go again. Uh, I just wanted to to see what your feeling was, Rob. Do do you miss New York terribly? Uh, yeah, I do for sure. Uh, I, however, now that I have two kids, mm-hmm. one being three months old. Uh, it's it's I realize how much easier it is to live here, you yeah. know, because kids, you know, I was just back there a couple of weeks ago and they have to dress kids in layers. And even if it's not raining, they have to put like a rain slicker <laughs> over a stroller. It's like my kids don't even have long sleeves. You know, there's like yeah. we might have a sweatshirt lying around somewhere and it's so much easier. Seriously, the first four months that uh, Rob lived here in Los Angeles, they hadn't gotten their stuff from New York. He forgot to buy his kids pants. Yeah. yeah. 
I wear literally wear the pants in my family. <laughs> the only one. No one else. I'm the only one. That's why it was remarkable enough to use as a nickname. <laughs> oh no, people call me that. You think I was making a joke? No, covered in pants, Gordy. Yeah. Here he comes. Here comes gotcha. old pantsy, <laughs> old pants guy. That says uh, to be distinguished from Mrs. Cordry, for example. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. He was a just a pantsless yeah, situation. Sure. No pants. Yeah. So it's just easier. Yeah, it's easier here. Uh, and um, but that's about it. I was I I want to <laughs> die. I want to die in New York someday. <laughs> Not soon, but I want to die in New yeah, York. Yeah, yeah. In Brooklyn. And uh, but but in the meantime, you know, I'm gonna live here for a while because it's it's very easy to live here. I like driving. I really oh. enjoy, I enjoy driving. Yeah. I had a car in New York. I used to drive to work every day, which was great. And, uh, um, what what is it about drive? Do you have like a, a a radio station? Do you have a a mix? What why why the pleasure in driving? Oh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I listen to a lot of different. I have like three things that I li- that I listen to when I drive, uh-huh. and I'm always make sure I have them, either you know on my iPod Elton or... John, Yellow Brick Road. Thank That's you. Number one. Yep. Uh, the soundtrack to Battleship Potemkin. <laughs> and the CD that you bought at Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We stinked them. <laughs> uh, uh, so I, I had this kind of trip to New York. I'm having no. kind of, you know, version two of that uh, mm-hmm. coming up. And uh, it seems to me that, you know, kind of when you're, you know, when you're my age, kind of people have. There's this kind of uh, uh, hegemonous reaction to New York City, uh, and that is kind of a two-part thing. It's, um, oh my God, uh, there's nothing I want more than to move to New York, uh, and that's kind of followed up by, I totally belong there. Mm -hmm. Uh, This kind of people, everybody kind of feels that when they go there, uh, and I was never really on board. I'm like... uh, you know, this is very, this is very fun. Uh, you know, absolutely, I will not deny the total, you know, way out in front coolness that New York has on basically everywhere else on the planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm like, nah, it kind of smells bad and it's hard to get around. <laughs> so that was kind of my, always my feeling going into it. Um, but this particular time that I went uh, was really, really fun, was like really fun. And I kind of, I really felt that like, you know, uh, uh, you know, this would be a cool place to live feeling for the first time. Uh, and, and I think it was maybe specifically uh, because I was there with work and kind of having the bill footed uh, uh-huh. for food yeah. and cabs and stuff. Maybe that was it. The, the, the expensiveness was now out yeah. the window. It is cheaper to live here. For yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, not much, but it is definitely cheaper to live here. Uh, but the one thing that didn't jive with me, there's, there's that feeling. There's that um, I would love to live there. I totally belong here. Uh, no, no matter how much fun I was having, I never felt like I belonged. I always mm. felt like uh, I was uh, poorly dressed. Yeah, yeah, always either too hot or too cold. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was my experience as well. Uh, always running That's up the, and down stairs. I can't. I couldn't. I couldn't move to New York City. I. I've thought. Teresa and I have talked about moving to New York City. She went to college there. All her best college friends mm-hmm. uh, live out there. Um, you know, she, she could have taken the New York bar instead of the California bar in six months, but, um, and I would still be living in a major media capital where I could get a Rob Cordry to come over to my apartment to tape a radio program. But, um, ultimately I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it being too hot and too cold. (laughs) Like I grew up in San Francisco and I'm, my internal temperature is so fucking pussy. Yeah. Like seriously, as soon as it, like I can handle 
I can handle it down to 50. Like people, <laughs> some people are like, like a lot of people go to San Francisco and then when night falls and it's 55 instead of 70, then they're like, oh, it's so cold. And I'm like, what? Like you fucking <laughs> live in a place where it's like negative 20 in the winter. <laughs> yeah. Like, but as soon as it gets below 50, I'm fucking freezing. And mm-hmm. as soon as it gets above uh, 80, like literally, if it's 85 degrees, I'm like, I'm like, like melting. Like my brain is like I'm like passing out. That was that's ultimately the like the make or break for me with New York. I always think too, it's it's easier to get. I don't mind the cold because it's easy to get warm, but it's really hard to get cool. And the summers in New York are brutal. Like August in New York is stupid. <laughs> I feel like people on the East Coast Dumb. though, uh, people on the East Coast aspire to live in San Francisco the same way that people aspire to live in in well, New York. I aspire to live in San Francisco. Yeah. Well, where are you from? Where are you, you're from San DC, Fra- right? I'm from San Francisco. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's it, it's also like it, it's, it seems like it has a lot of the same charm that New York has. But with better weather, yeah, the weather know? it does it does. Although uh, there there are big differences. I mean, one the the biggest difference is that New York is a fucking New York is a huge major media capital, and San Francisco isn't. I mean, right. uh, ultimately, there are like so many things that you can do as a job in New York that you just can't do in San Francisco. It's also really hard to get out of New York. Yeah. You 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 just drive a little bit out of San Francisco and you're in the country and it's you're gorgeous. a whole different thing. Yeah, uh, and in New York you drive the same distance and you're in New Jersey. Right <laughs> or Staten Island, and it's horrible, and it's pretty gross for a couple, like maybe about a hundred mile radius. It's pretty gross. <laughs> yeah, how far do you have to go to get to any kind of majesty? Well, you get up to like Connecticut, where it's gross for a different reason. <laughs> yeah, you know what? What specifically? Like Greenwich is, never... is all J Crew stores, just uh, J Crew, <laughs> one on every corner. You know, and uh, it's like it's like Dunkin' Donuts in Boston. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, um, and. Uh, yeah, maybe like the Berkshires is as close as you can get. It's about two and a half hours away from New York, and then that's, that's, cool. that's a sizable distance, though, yeah, because that's is. that's a little bit too far to drive there and back yeah. in one day. Well, also, too, my first like maybe I was in New York for about thirteen years. My first five years or so, I definitely felt trapped. Like I loved it, but I felt trapped. Like I couldn't leave. I didn't have yeah. the money to leave. I didn't <laughs> have the means to leave. You're that you're stuck there, and you, it yeah. feels that way. You know, and this is something I also noticed. Uh, you know, when I when I visit there, you know, I, we have a handful of college buddies out there that uh, you know that I try and hang out with. And there's definitely, it seems like when you move to New York, you try and keep your motion to a minimum. Like uh, I feel like I'm tr- kind of trying to meet up with people, and I'm you know staying in one part of town, and they're in another part of town. I'm like, hey, you know, if you come to you know Chelsea where I'm staying, I hear there's this great restaurant we can go to this show. They're like. Uh, why don't you come to Brooklyn? There's a great bodega that has a steam tray with five tamales. <laughs> it's just across the street from my house that we can eat at. <laughs> like, really? Is that going to be as fun as coming down here and going? Yeah. No, yeah, that's it. They're like, it's as good, you know. Yeah. I feel that way in Los Angeles, though. Like, the, yes. if I was going to More say, more so, I think. In Los yeah, Angeles. I feel like I've never felt that way so much as I do in Los Angeles. Like. Hearing you say trapped, like no matter where I am in Los Angeles, I feel trapped (laughs) where I am because everything like there's no there's no two things in the same place unless you're in a mall. And I always feel trapped in a mall. So like there's like there's no there's no I feel like there's no place I can be and like do multiple things and like see people I know. (laughs) 
You know what yeah. I mean? Like, even when I say people I know, I'm using the broadest definition of people I know, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm, I'm including, like, you know, the guy that works at the corner store in that list. Sure. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, like, w- I can fake it by living here in the New Yorkist bit of uh, Los Angeles here on the, you know, the street that they use is to, for, to set movies in New York. Yeah. But, like, at the end of the day, like, there's only so much I have to say to... Uh, a uh, 27-year-old Oaxacan woman with uh, who's three feet tall, three feet wide, and has seven children, which is like the primary demographic <laughs> yeah. of my block. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. nothing against it, but it just you know not a lot of shared ground there. Uh, Rob, you mentioned you're kind of a Los Feliz guy. Is it the is it the you know kind of uh, hip getaway that people make it out to be? Los well, Feliz I, is, I live the, is in a Los northeastern Feliz. kind of hip hip neighborhood in in Los Angeles. Uh, well, I live in, I believe I live in Franklin Hills, which is okay. just kind of, you know, by the Shakespeare Bridge and the the, oh, sure. the, the high school over there. So I live actually like... That's a like, good bridge. Like, that's a, every, it's a solid I bridge. I like every time I drive across that, I'm like, all right, you this know what is I a use sound it for? bridge. I really like it for crossing. I cross sure. every time I'm over that thing. I cross because it. otherwise I'd have to Ford, and I don't want to Ford. <laughs> no. You're not gonna Ford through Franklin Hills. No. Sometimes when I'm crossing, I'll linger. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't. So so, uh, but 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 uh, yes, I like uh, the vibe over there a lot mm-hmm. more than I do anywhere else in the city. I lived in Larchmont as well, and that's a very kind of Westchester, sure, uh, sure. suburban, rich suburban. Larchmont's vibe. really intense. Larchmont yeah. is the nearest. Um, to, to where I live here in Koreatown, if you want white people stuff, uh, Larchmont is the nearest place yes. to go. So like Teresa goes, the specific things that we go to Larchmont for are farmer's market. the farmer's mm-hmm. market yeah. and, uh, Teresa buys her coffee there. Sure. Um, so we, we, because... if you want like a $10 sandwich too, like that's yes. where you go. Those oh, are great God. sandwiches. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Sure. Oh, oh and, and bagels. Like we'll, we'll go there for bagels too. Like sure. these are things not available in Koreatown. No. So... <laughs> We, it's the nearest place, and I just like I've I've spent you know Teresa Teresa and I have been together since high school, and she grew up in Mill Valley in Marin, which is a very uh, it's a largely a very Tony place. Mm-hmm. You know, she did not grow up in a Tony family, but her the place where she grew up, you know, is a rich rich white people of privilege place. Mm-hmm. But Larchmont, just that little strip of coffee shops and shit Mm -hmm. it just explodes my brain with the extent to which these people are just at leisure (laughs) rich always in white expensive running suits Mm -hmm. yeah so expensive like that is the thing that healthy nothing nothing, dealing with an iphone in some way nothing (laughs) amazes me more than the amount of like when i look at some dude's outfit and it's dudes too not just ladies Mm -hmm. when i look at some dude's outfit and i think how much money he spent on those clothes mm-hmm. to look like a total fucking slob. <laughs> like, these people wear the most... It's not uh-huh. workout clothes. They wear the most expensive sweatpants. Yeah. Like, I look at their sweatpants, and I'm like, holy shit. They yeah. got those fucking sweatpants at Barney's. Yeah. Like, those are $250 sweatpants. <laughs> like, they're just sweatpants, but they're $250 ones, and they just have, like, a faded thing that says Brooklyn on the pocket or something mm-hmm. like that, you yeah. know? Yeah. I'm just... Flabbergasted by that every time it just freaks me out. 
Yeah. You know, I sometimes think of maybe kind of relocating to someplace uh, hipper. I live in West Hollywood now. Mm-hmm. Um, a very nice apartment complex, but I mean, definitely, you know, in the middle of lameness. It's mm-hmm. definitely, yeah, yeah. It's definitely a, you lame. Have a great apartment, but that is an incredibly lame. Sure, I, I, I'm yeah. uh, on the same block as the Laugh Factory. If that gives you kind of any indication as to uh, what's going on, I mean, he lives right near. Let's say you are. Let's say you were a guy wearing an Ed Hardy T-shirt. Oh, is it like that Melrose block of douchebaggery? <laughs> It's, like, it's a sunset uh, block it's of douchebaggery. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. I, see, I think I see what you're saying. I, uh, I, know, I know what you're talking I sometimes about. think of, you know, I, I, you know, relocating to maybe maybe an Eagle Rock, maybe a, yeah. maybe a Glendale or something like I that. I love it over there. Uh, but a couple days ago, they opened up a Trader Joe's right across the street. Oh, fuck. I am there for fucking life now. Oh, I can walk. In. I can walk to get a trio of hummus dips. Oh, oh my God. That's how they get you. Yep. I'm a oh. lifer now. I'm just yeah. gonna sign a. I'm just gonna sign a contract with that apartment. Holy shit! You I can walk. Well just, you might as well just uh, tie a rope to your leg and tie the other end to the Trader Joe's at this point. I don't point. really get. Uh, I don't. I have a Trader. I live right near the Trader Joe's uh, in in Silver Lake. Yeah, and yeah. I, I don't really. Uh, do you ever go to that? Do you ever go to that place? Say cheese next to the Trader yeah, Joe's. Yeah, yeah. Good sandwiches. I, wor- I worked there for like two weeks. Really? Yeah. Uh, with was, the guy a douche. I remember when you worked at that cheese store. That was the weirdest pairing of man and employer in history. <laughs> I was fuck. I've never been worse at a job. <laughs> I have never been worse at a six dollar an hour job. I've never been worse at any job. But like, yeah, I definitely failed more Rob spectacularly. Corby, I don't mean to that. be. I don't mean to be rude to my closest friend Jordan Morris here. But look at this man and tell me. If this looks like a man who belongs in a cheese store, no, I couldn't buy cheese, uh, no. nor pate, <laughs> yeah, uh, nor a sparkling of fruit infused water. Yeah, from you. all of which uh, they sold. Of course, uh, there was actually very reasonable prices. There's actually an instance of a customer telling the uh, uh, telling the owner that I needed to clean up, quote unquote. Uh, this is a cheese shop, not a mechanics. Wow. Oh wow. Wow, yeah. And he told me about that, too, which kind of seems like a dick move. Yeah. It was his way of saying, clean up, because you look like you work at a mechanic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> here's, a, here's a funny story, Here's man. something that a lady George, said. You're going to like this one. Yeah. But seriously, you look like you work in a mechanics. Yeah, but also, but also, just to be accurate, say that in the most comically stereotypical gay voice you can muster. <laughs> yeah. I've met that guy. Yeah. 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 Uh, gotta love him. Well, what's special about a Trader Joe's uh, supermarket? Tell me. Tell well, me. Okay, so you're, wait, besides, I'm sorry. I... Besides the gorgeous women. Oh, well. Full to the rafters. Yes. With beautiful uh, pedicures and uh, tan, naturally tan skin. Yeah. Perfect skin. You know, you, you know. Uh... Sorry about my erection, guys. I want to apologize. <laughs> hey, I just fine. realized, like, I had. How long has this been like that? Rob, I'm feeling it too. Okay, look, okay, look, okay, good, good, we've good. all got bones in. Bonafide! Bonafide! You know, L.A. has definitely has the reputation of having the world's most beautiful people. Um, mm. You know, but that kind of comes that 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 kind of statement is assuming you have a very specific taste in women. Yes, which uh, I do not have. No, I don't. Sure, sure. <laughs> I don't have that or I guess maybe a not that specific. Yeah. T- I guess a broad taste yeah. in women. Uh, but if you do, uh, you know, if you do like a girl uh, in a knee length skirt, if you like a little pair of uh, Buddy Holly glasses, yeah. uh, you're gonna want just hang out in an L.A. Trader Joe's and yep. just watch them uh, watch them parade by and buy legumes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing: they got second, they got second-rate produce, yeah. and they got a tiny meat section. Yeah. So those are the disappointments. 
But it, there's no better prepared foods. The meat's foods. expensive, too. Yeah, the meat is expensive. There's no better prepared foods, okay. and, uh, and, you can, and you basically can buy for all other products besides those two particular areas, which, granted, are staples. <laughs> very, very important. Can you buy dry goods there? Do they sell, like, uh, your napkins and your... Yeah, uh, you can get like picks. you can get like an Earth First yeah. napkin. Uh, they have a very basic selection, but okay. yes. And what you find immediately is you're like, oh, I'm eating fancy organic store quality foods, uh, but I'm paying less money than I was paying at the regular grocery store. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yes, yeah, so that's it's, the, it's well... that's ultimately the secret is gotcha. that you get to eat, and they also like their their quality is very consistent. Uh-huh. I would say, like sometimes so you'll eat something that you don't like necessarily. Are we back onto trying to get sponsored by by Trader Joe's? <laughs> yeah. It was definitely a twinkle in our eye at a point. Uh, <laughs> but hey, I think this is we should make the push again. Yeah. I'm really I'm just disappointed. They used to have a really great doctor fake Dr. Pepper called Dr. Joe's. Mm. They don't make it anymore. Really? It's too bad. I, it was really good and it was non caffeinated, which was really great for me. Very fruity. It was a fruitier oh. Dr. Pepper, which I like. Oh. I really like that. What flavor is that? Uh, is we, like, uh, what is the flavor of Dr. Pepper? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, as the former president of the School of the Arts High School Dr. Pepper Club, uh-huh. I can tell Go you... Go on. <laughs> I can tell you... That was you? <laughs> the flavor of Dr. Pepper was uh, meant to suggest the odor of an old-time pharmacy. So it's essentially, if you think of what was available... It's a phosphate. Yeah, if you think of the various <laughs> flavors of phosphate that were available in 1910 or okay. 1908 when Dr. Pepper was invented um and you know they're like they're fruity flavors and then uh sarsaparilla uh-huh. and cola okay so you're basically looking at if you mix all of those flavors into one flavor you get dr pepper oh that's great yeah isn't that that's fantastic great. i just yes. and there's no and there's no prune juice that's talk myth. about asking the right guy the right <laughs> question huh? yeah are you glad you came in better. are you guys <laughs> glad you came in today and i'm really kind of jonesing for a dr pepper you right didn't now. just you it wasn't just an opportunity yeah. to say you were working and you so you didn't have to take care of your children <laughs> It was. You have got me nailed. That is the yes, yes. Of course, I'll do your podcast. When? When? Is it eight hours? Friday. That's no. that's two days from now. <laughs> Can we do some warm ups before, like some pre podcasting? And my mother's in town, so I was like, had wow, more, more of an impetus to get yeah, out of that's the house. a good. That's a good. Hang awesome, out with the bros. Opportunity. That is an excellent opportunity. What I like about New York City, to get back to New York sure. City, yeah. is I feel like A, people are trying, and B, they give a shit. And that's that's mm. a part of, that's something that I, that is the thing, I think, the cultural thing that I feel like I miss the most in Los Angeles. Like, huh. to the extent that anyone gives a shit in Los Angeles, I feel like, and this is just the general miasma, and it's most certainly covered by my own personal bigotries. Um, to the extent that anyone gives a shit in Los Angeles, it's about their desperation over something uh, related directly to themselves. Narcissism. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Whereas, yeah, I, I think you're. I think you nailed it on the head. Like, if I think of the annoying hippies in San Francisco compared to the annoying hippies in Los Angeles, like, how much more would I love for someone to tell me about uh, how they? think that gays should be able to marry dogs uh, relative to like just whatever their most extreme liberal causes that they believe in so very much relative to them telling me about how they're doing a master cleanse. 
<laughs> which is like the same thing, uh. only completely centered on yourself with no, like they're both kind of flaky and crazy and too much of the thing. Yeah. <laughs> but like one of them is about like doing some weird thing that's only for yourself and like carving out some me time. And the the other one is about making the world a better place. Yeah. Like that difference is to me is like the thing that I'm that that I like freak out about. Y- yes. <laughs> yes. Shut it down. No, That's you summed say. it up. That's I think you you ended that conversation. You definitely summed up something that I I've always uh, been unable to articulate about New York City. When you're when you're a Californian, this is the thing. When you're when you're from Northern California. The world, you live this life, your entire life, with people, anyone who doesn't live in California, thinking of you as being the person, the L.A. person they've seen on TV in, like, an on-the-spot report about the Venice Boardwalk or whatever. (laughs) Like, that's what people think of you as. And so, you know, like, if you can, if, if they've been to San Francisco or something, you're just so grateful Mm-hmm. To not like because they think you know all oh, these California fucking hippie whatever blah 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 you're like no it's too different yeah. they're different they're both ridiculous don't get me wrong <laughs> San Francisco's a pretty dirty place too like it's a gritty city yeah well, I mean it's very, an urban you know it's definitely like it reminds me of New York in that it's a very kind of gritty although I will say for San Francisco relative to New York and I would I wouldn't I would hesitate to make any kind of argument that San Francisco is better than New York because New York's a pretty amazing place. But uh, one thing that San Francisco does have on New York is uh, they keep their trash in trash cans and alleys uh, rather than in piles <laughs> on the sidewalk. Good point. <laughs> Which I can't argue with you. makes a big difference. It really does. And smell? I kind of wonder, like, Rudolph Giuliani figured out all this different shit that people, that, that, like, uh, people who weren't from New York w- would re- be really bothered by about New York. Mm-hmm. Like, people who hadn't just come to accept it. You know what I mean? Like figured out how to like reduce the murders especially for the rich people and like you know what i mean like all this different stuff right. that that he did through his uh you know through, with his various jackbooted thugs yeah and i wonder like why couldn't he have figured out a way to get to to set up the sanitation system so that the trash went in garbage bags that went in garbage cans that held in the stink it's impenetrable it's mob run it's just like it's just a new york calling card it's yeah. like the pizza pie and the hey, cabbies we got the bagel and the garbage it's the strewn garbage <laughs> ever, ever since i moved to los angeles all i can think about is where can i get that new york garbage on the street <laughs> <laughs> you want real New York garbage in L.A. They bring in the water from New York, and then they pour it on the garbage and put heat lamps on it. <laughs> they fly in the rats oh. on tiny aeroplanes. We're having fun here on Jordan, Jesse, Go. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've, got, we've got plenty more stuff to talk about. Uh, we'll be back in just a second with uh, myself. Uh, Jordan Morris. Do you like this, how I'm saying the names at the end of every segment? Uh, no, because we say them at the beginning of every segment, so it's really only a five-minute... And the show also has our names in the title. Yeah, and people are listening to it on their iPods. They probably have... that has our names sure. in a little picture. A lot of access iPods. to our names. Um, but we're, we want to become household names, Jordan. That's our goal, right? 
Isn't that why we started this, to become household names? I think you should say your names at least once in the middle of the segments as well. <laughs> right. Yeah. To yeah. just as a kind of a pick-me-up. Yes. Re- a little... Resetting. Yeah, what they call it. Resetting. Yeah. Like a little kick in the pants. Yeah. <laughs> I would say. Mm-hmm. Kick in the pants. Yes. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. La, 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 la. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Rob Corddry, pants, pants, pants. Nice. I like that. Mm-hmm. Jordan, have we talked about there's the video game that I recently purchased. It's for the Nintendo Wii game console. I don't have a Nintendo Wii game console, so yeah. I had to think of someone I knew who had a Nintendo game console who I also needed to get a gift for in order to buy this. That's <laughs> Very how specific Im- set of circumstances. That's how important it is to me. It's called Imagine colon Party Babies with a Z. <laughs> uh, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. Imagine yeah. colon Party Babies, Z at the end. I'm on board. Oh my god. Is that from the makers? Is this from the makers of Grand Theft Auto, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's from the Grand Theft Auto. It's an immersive world. This is actually from Rockstar East. Uh, You're thinking of Rockstar West. uh, It's a massive multiplayer online (laughs) 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 RPG. Man, how fast would you sign up for the $5 a month massively multiplayer online game where you're a baby and everyone's having a party? Uh, fast-ish. Yeah. Do you Fasty. Think, do yeah. you think if you... The, do you think that maybe... What about this? Maybe it's tiered. Maybe it's free to play, mm. free to create your own character, but it's $5 a month if you want to be a stogie-smoking, grown-up, you know, sort of a middle-aged Jewish agent baby character. A yeah. wise-cracking baby. Exactly. You're not like, ah! Money well spent. Yeah. <laughs> like I'll a Like it. a baby that lights a cigar with a $20 bill. <laughs> You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, where's my baba? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, oh, somebody took my binky. <laughs> <laughs> that's five. That's the five dollar. That's that's the value. It's add. the downloadable content. The, that's how they monetize it. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep, you know sure. what I mean? You can get. You can sure. You can buy it as an add-on in Xbox Live, mm-hmm. in your Xbox Live yeah. marketplace. You can buy different, uh, different sort of like uh, what do they call those? Uh, 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 modules, sure. Baby system modules, mm-hmm. skins. God, Baby I love skins. it. I love it. I'm having fun. Do you guys? Did you guys notice my outfit today? This yep. is called. This is a vacation outfit. Oh, this is. It's kind of summery colors. It is. It's, it's transatlantic. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, Robert. Yeah. It's trans. Does anybody ever call you Bobby? Can yeah. I call you Bobby? My whole life, I was called Bobby. Okay, Bobby. Yep. I'll tell you. This is a transatlantic outfit. I'm climbing aboard a steamer. Later on today. And I want to be clear. I'm wearing a suit today, but this is a casual suit. I'm not yes. trying to show anybody up. I'm wearing a khaki suit. I got on I, I got on a, a button-down shirt. That's how casual tie. I'm talking about. I got on this summer summer necktie. It's a it's a cornflower blue and a and a peach, a pale peach. My t-shirt has a bear on it. <laughs> the bear has a gun too. Yeah, that's cool. I, and I and ultimately I got white I got white, you know, canvas. Uh, tennis sneakers yeah. on. You know what I mean? I am, And the reason is because I am, for the first time in my life, going to be uh, traveling aboard a steamer ship. You're going to throw your coat jacket over your shoulder yep. and climb aboard a steamer. Exactly. And uh, which passage are you taking? I, <laughs> I, will, be, I will be taking uh, the Carnival Cruise Lines passage to exotic... Ensenada, Mexico. Mm. Wow. 
Yeah, oh. I know. They it's tell you very... the cruise is going down the Northwest Passage. Don't listen to him. It does not exist. <laughs> it does not exist. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I, I only hope that my boardroom will be proximate to that of the Duke of Windsor. Are you bringing all your art with you? <laughs> In trunks? <laughs> Most certainly. I've, I've collected some fantastic art from the local artisans in in the desert communities of Southern California. Yay. <laughs> oh boy. Um, I travel with my own escargot forks. <laughs> are you getting a divorce? Why are you going in what's this place in Mexico? Yes, I'm getting a divorce. I'm I'm taking a cruise with my wife. A divorce to cruise. Get a quickie divorce. It's what they call a hate cruise. Are you yeah. getting an abortion? Uh, <laughs> uh, myself and my special lady friend. Yeah. Uh, Mrs. They're getting Mrs. Co- they're going to hold hands while they get, uh, you know, matching abortions. Co-abortion. Co-abortion. Co-aborted. This is actually a plastic surgery cruise. Once they, once you get offshore, you can do all kinds of crazy shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get I'm gonna get something implanted under the skin of my skull. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Now let, let's uh, break this down because you don't I don't you don't seem to me like a cruise guy. How did this, I uh... okay. So typically, in my travels have taken me to uh, places like uh, Switzerland. I've been sure. to Switzerland. I've traveled to London, England. Yeah. I've traveled to uh, Laos yeah, in Southeast you. Asia. Mm-hmm. That's you. Um, so I a have never ocean holiday. <laughs> yeah, I have never been to. I have never been on a cruise. Um, but this is, you guys are familiar with the collapse of the American economy, correct? Gotcha, yes. Sure. So yeah. this economy has collapsed and, and I had, and, and my plan had been, there's these nice condos for sale, uh, down the street from, uh, my apartment building here in this old, older building that got turned into condominiums. Mm-hmm. My plan had been to take advantage of the co- collapse in the American economy to, uh, purchase a one bedroom condominium here in my inner city urban neighborhood. Um, it turns out they still cost four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So that was off the table. Mm -hmm. So I thought, what else can I do to take advantage of the collapse of the economy? And I read a newspaper article about how cruise ships were struggling to fill their berths or whatever it is. Yeah. And so I went on to like uh like hotwire dot com or something. And it turns out you can go on a cruise for $195. <laughs> and that includes the cruise and the food and everything, like wow. all, everything you want, except the gambling and the booze. But since I'm a teetotaler and not much of a gambler, I'm not going to lose a lot of money on that. So we had this money uh, that we had gotten for Christmas from my wife's parents. They had given us a couple hundred dollars and told us to do something silly with it, you know, as a Christmas gift. And But we couldn't think of anything good to do because every time we thought of something – you know, like we would be like, oh, we'll go like to Palm Springs for a weekend or something. It was way, way, way more than two hundred fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. So we uh, we looked and we we're like, well, for two hundred dollars, why not go on a stupid fucking cruise? <laughs> like, hey, it doesn't have to be that stupid. It has to be pretty stupid to overcome the fact that we're doing something ridiculous and it only costs two hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So we thought, well, maybe we can rope somebody else into it. So I happened to be talking with uh, our friend Lonely Sandwich from You Look Nice today, and I said, have you ever thought about going on a cruise? And he said, absolutely not. And I said, what if I told you you could go on a cruise for $195? And he said, I'm in. (laughs) So Mr. and Mrs. Lonely Sandwich are on board with us. So we figure, you know, we got some pals with us. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? 
And at the worst, at least we have some people to just mock the mm-hmm. entire experience with. I think that's smart and safe because otherwise you would be surrounded by, you know, that you'd have people that would glom on to you. I think <laughs> you'd, you'd make some cruise friends. Yeah. You think we would make cruise yes. friends? Yes. My mother always, my parents always went on cruises and they always came back having met the most lovely couple. <laughs> From the Jersey Shore sure. or whatever, like some horrible sounding people. Now I'm excited about this. I think that you're going to, yeah, but at least you have that insulation. No one I know, insulation. no one I know has ever been on a cruise as far as I like, no, none of my like immediate relatives, no. none of ter- my wife or her, any of her immediate relatives have ever been on a cruise. So my only understanding of a cruise, and I really f- sound, in saying this now, as I consider what I'm about to say, I sound like the most New Yorker subscribing asshole in the history of the <laughs> world to say this. But my understanding of cruises comes from uh, the David Foster Wallace essay, A Supposedly Fun Thing I'll Never Do Again, um, which is about him going on a cruise because he had never, he you know, obviously, as being David Foster Wallace, had <laughs> right, never right, been right. on a cruise. No. And so uh, in his essay, the one thing he talks up is making cruise friends at his cruise dinner table. Um, with just these random fat people. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. This cruise... Gee, but... Jesse, now you want to say uh, you don't watch TV, you read? You want to say that? <laughs> I don't even own... Uh... Jordan, I don't even own a television. <laughs> yeah. Um, the what's What I've been told... Now, I didn't know anything about cruises. Um, what I've been told is that my cruise that I'm going on is the absolute lowest of the low when it comes to cruises <laughs> like it's not the lowest of the low in the sense that we're that they're just going to be fee- feeding us porridge mandatory dog fights yeah that's it's not it's not like we've you know booked passage on a commercial junk that's going to be <laughs> you know that's, probably be yeah, sold in the white no, you're not going to be uh... opium to the back from the orient or something like that but this is like the um this is like the single most like uh Spring ba- spring break from Texas A and M cruise oh, I could go on in the okay. world. Like I, I, someone told me that they went on one of these carnival cruises and it was um and it was exclusively morbidly obese people from Lubbock, Texas, mm-hmm. most of whom were drunk and nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, um, and that is something that I think is going to be amazing. Yeah, I don't be... know anything about this. Well, how long are you gonna? How long is it's? The it's only. Journey? It's it, we leave on Friday evening and come back on Monday morning. Perfect. So get into a fist fight while perfect. you're there. I should get into a fist fight. Yeah. Do uh, do quick question. Do you think they'll have Danny DeVito's limoncello there? <laughs> I can't imagine that they would. <sighs> are you familiar with Danny DeVito's limoncello? Mm, uh... Yes. He put, takes out full page advertisements for it in numerous prestigious public publications, oh. including the New Yorker. He makes a limoncello. Yeah, it is limoncello. <laughs> okay. Um, and he also ca- plays some sort of Italian lute or something. I'm just judging by the composition <laughs> yeah, of the photograph. Gotcha. Um, someone emailed us and said that they make limoncello themselves. Do you think we should ask that listener to send us some limoncello? Yes. If I they send a... us limoncello, I'll drink some. I have a friend right, who, who, who I have some limoncello in my freezer. Oh, oh yeah. My friend Cynthia made us some limoncello. Oh, is it foul? I've heard the limoncello pretty is pretty, <laughs> foul. pretty gross. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Uh, it's very thick. Oh, really? Syrupy. Ugh. Sure. 
It's yeah, syrupy, huh? Very syrupy and sweet and um, yeah. Have you okay, getting back to cruise, have you ever been on a cruise before, Rob? No, but I come I come from cruise going stock. <laughs> sure. Uh, my family goes on a lot of cruises. I the, avoid uh, a lot of You're one of the Massachusetts Cordries. Yes, I am of mm. the Massachusetts Cordries. We uh we I avoid a lot of cruises. Uh-huh. Like, oh God, no! I cannot make that family I'd cruise. Love to, but I have to. Got yeah. to do something else. <laughs> yes, far away Another from that boat. Thing. Uh, but I but you know I talk to my wife about it all the time. Like we would also like to kind of give. It seems like a very easy vacation. Yeah. And but but you do feel like you have to make it somewhat. I would have to make it so like make it educational or some stupid thing like that so I would feel like I'm or go to like Alaska that seems like a more yeah. well, you can a cruise, cruise where douchebags won't you can cruise to like Chichen Itza or something like that I think I think there are there are some cruises where it but ends Chichen Itza in... is like another word for Cancun isn't it like uh, yeah but the thing is then as you long go as Sammy Hagar has a restaurant wherever we're going <laughs> You know, I would like to maybe go somewhere like on one of those smaller boats. And actually, you know what? I would love to get the full love boat experience. Right. My dad came back from his first cruise, mm-hmm. and he goes, "You're not gonna believe the amount of shrimp I ate." <laughs> That's my order, plan for the cruise. You order a shrimp cocktail. And you eat the whole thing, and they ask you if you want another shrimp cocktail, and they just bring it to you. That's what – when we – I went to uh, – I, I went – unfortunately, Jordan was out of town, so he couldn't participate in this. But another one of my uh, good time experiments was I went on eBay to see how much I could get – how cheaply I could get hockey tickets – and I ended up buying ten hockey tickets for fifty bucks. Wow! So I was like, fifty bucks. I'll spend fifty bucks to invite ten people mm-hmm. to go see hockey with me. And mm-hmm. so we just invited everyone we knew that that might be willing to go. I mean, I'm not a hockey fan. No. I think it's I'm fine with fun. it. But I yeah. Say, yeah. So I went to this. I went to this hockey game, and um, uh, uh, the folks who the folks who went with us had been had been to one of these cruises, and what they told us was that. They said some of the food was good, but some of the food wasn't as good. So what they would do is just order two entrees per person, and then anyone who got an entree they didn't like, they'd just eat one of the other entrees okay. that was on the table. So gluttonous. Because you can just – they don't even care if they you do don't. that. That's totally allowed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, don't brag, Jesse. I make my own fun too. I've tried masturbating with different masks on. <laughs> <laughs> So, you're not the other one who could be creative, creative but. but I know what it's like in a clown. I know what it's like in a dino. <laughs> you're having uh, a sorry, honey. I'm having a prehistoric good time. <laughs> <laughs> dino noise. You have you ever been on a cruise, Jordan? No, you know, uh, I think my my family took one, uh, but I have no when I was younger, and I have really no recollection of it. I mean, not I, even like oh, high no, like here's, flashes yeah, here's, of memory. Here's actually the one thing I remember from the cruise. Um, uh, there was like, like a closed circuit TV on the cruise that showed just you know they had a block of programming that they showed on a loop, uh, and I remember just over the course of the you know six days or however long it was seeing uh, Mr. Baseball and sneakers like a dozen times each. <laughs> sneakers. <laughs> Do you think there could possibly in the world in like Mr. Baseball and sneakers is such a perfect distillation of 1991. Like I feel like Mr. Baseball and Sneakers would be punchlines in the winter. That's how like yes. particularly 1991-1992 those two things are. Mm-hmm. Yes. I had a I had a Mr. Baseball birthday party. We all went to see Mr. Baseball starring Mr. Tom Selleck. 
Great. Uh, I uh, you just reminded me what Mr. Baseball was. I was kind of pretending I knew what Mr. Baseball yeah, yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely know what sneakers is Tom now. I know Selleck's, exactly uh, what Mr. Tom Baseball Tom Selleck's is. mustache is a is a stars guy who's, ass stars <laughs> as a fellow who's uh, failed out of the American major leagues and signs a multi million dollar contract to play baseball in Japan. And yep. needless to say, this guy has a lot of cultural adjustments to make. Mm-hmm. <laughs> those guys, those people do talk weird. It's true. Yeah, they People talk crazy, and they're always Shorter bowing. Than most. Oh, they're always bowing. But you know what? They have a refined aesthetic that I really uh, that I really respect. I call it kind of zen. Yeah, it's you know sort what? of zen to me. I imagine you're, if you're in that situation, you're gonna learn something. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're definitely gonna learn something. Not, and you know what? Not just about life, but maybe also about love. Mm, probably. Uh, let's just say umbrella about yourself mm-hmm. about yourself sure yeah and but what about tatami mats because you'll probably learn about those too. You probably learn, yeah a lot of bare bone stuff you'll learn about <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. Sure. driving traffic rules you know <laughs> uh yeah like when you're supposed to take your shoes off yeah or exactly not. you know that kind of that's of not stuff. so much about yourself as it is about about just getting others a, getting along others in their cultural <laughs> getting around tokyo <laughs> yeah. it's so hard it's hard the, the subway you gotta master the subway yeah, yeah sure uh you know I, i'm gonna do you think you guys think i'm gonna have to do a lot of cultural adjustments coco's pissed off about that mr baseball segment <laughs> Do you think that? Do you think I'm going to have to make a lot of cultural adjustments to learn how to live life in Ensenada, Mexico? Because, as I understand it, one set of rules applies uh, when you're in the states, but another set of rules applies when when you're at uh, Senior Frogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lawless place. It's really the Wild West. Sure. Uh, you know, it's so I'd be careful. Because there's yeah, senior frogs uh, sure. is an outpost, I believe. I've heard there. that they have that they have Dick's more, last resort, more, Cabo Wabo, more yeah. more that the hard rock cafe there is actually more oriented towards hard rock, mm. like poison. Or... It is actually celebrating hard rock down there. So yeah. you don't th- there's no there's no safety net there. Yeah. No. You might have to see something Alice Cooper related, for example. Yes. You can't ju- you can't rely on seeing Rod Stewart stuff. Right. Is what I'm trying to say. Soundgarden bass guitars. Exactly. So and that's a well, you know, bum 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 bum. You know what I mean, guys? Yes. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all on the have same a page, great right? Time. Yeah. Have a super take another time. wife while you're down there. Yeah. I would love to have two wives. You can get away with anything. You know down what? There. I Are can't you say prepping stuff her like for that. something like that. You know what? I can't say anything like this anymore. You know no. why? I found out that our audience is full of finks. Oh. Uh, you know, our, found out. our audience is full of thinks. You know how I found out? Thinks, yeah. yeah. I At some point in this program's three-year history, or however long we've been doing this show, at some point in this program's history, I said something about Teresa's sister, Frances, being a brat when she was a teenager and younger. Um, or possibly being a very uh, mean child who was really mean to my uh, wife and beat her up. Mm-hmm. Um, despite the fact she was two years younger, mm-hmm. um, which is true. Both of those are true. I'm a big fan of uh, Teresa's sister, Frances, great lady, um, uh, very grown up now. She was a bratty teen, and she was a nightmarish small child, okay? Mm-hmm. That's just the facts. But it turns out that up in Portland, Oregon, land of the Finks, <laughs> there's some young ladies who listen to this program and then report back to Francis, who then reports back to my wife anything I say that's bad. 
Anything that could get me in trouble. My wife doesn't have time to listen to this. She has to listen to me talk all the time. <laughs> she hear, probably hears you talk about it, too. Oh, man, I had this great yeah, line so, on the podcast exactly. today. Jordan, I mean, look, <laughs> Teresa has to listen to me and Jordan. Yeah. Like, when, whenever Jordan comes to visit or we're hanging out and she's around, our base, the, the essential part of our lifestyle is us trying to make jokes to impress each other. Like that's the entire emotional basis sure. of our relationship that's been going on since we were, which is to say no emotional basis. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So that is the center of what we do here. Right? Right, right. And so Teresa doesn't need to listen to that. Yeah. Which is why I feel like I should be able to say something off color to yeah. say, to make a silly joke about something about taking a second wife, except that it turns out there's Sphinx. See, this is your special place. This is your, uh, this is the thinking man's man cave. Exactly. And she's not yeah. allowed in here. You, they should, and neither are Finks. No, neither are Finks. Listen, stop snitching, Finks. Keep it to yourself, okay? I've got a chain, and I know how to use it <laughs> for beatings. Yeah. Of Finks. Now, if there's anybody in Orange County, don't tell my mom I made that masturbating joke. What's I'm that? trying to start hey. a. Jesse is, by the way, taking off his shirt. He has a knife open and uh -huh. he's snapping like the West Side Story guy. I have no, I have no shirt on. He's gone full Puerto Rican. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. He's getting swarthier yep. by the second. Can yep. my nickname be Full Puerto Rican for the rest of this show? Yes, sure. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Love, It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweet. Oh wait, no. It's Jordan Jesse Go. <laughs> Wrong I am. Show. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, full Puerto Rican. I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And I'm Rob Cordry. It sounds racist now that we say it out of context. Yeah, it does. You're you are. It is racist. It is. It's purely racist. I'm yes. a racist. You're a racist mm -hmm. because you don't think it's racist. You're an even worse racist. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Yeah, you broke racism. It's a and secret. Then, fuck. Yeah. 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 Fuck my balls. <laughs> That's racist, too. Yep. It is? Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a uh, aboriginal tribe that with fucks just really big purely balls. with the balls. It just fucks with balls. You didn't know that? Racist. Jeez, man. Wow. Oh, God. Get a worldview Although, that's not so narrow. Although, honestly, yeah. before when it was against Puerto Ricans, I felt bad. But I do hate Aboriginal people. <laughs> I do, too. The Aboriginal yeah, people yeah. of... Look uh, at me. Look at me. Yeah, exactly. Look <laughs> at my... Look at my... <laughs> I made a painting. Exactly. <laughs> that's how they make a painting. Totally. They put their hand up and they go... <laughs> <laughs> fucking queers. <Okay>. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm in trouble now. Yeah. I'm a native San Franciscan. So I have like a permanent I feel like I'm a permanent political correctness mm -hmm. like tolerance level. No, just what you were me. doing is you were drawing attention to how comic racism is. Yeah. Yeah. Do you excuse. feel like that though? That, that you know, I know Seth Morris, a mutual friend of ours, uh, who's also from Legend uh, legendary improviser. He was he, oh. he guest host guest hosted on the show a, a month or two ago. Sure, uh, a, a tall person. He's from San Francisco, and we had a we had a hard. He's from him, Marin. He's but from yeah, Marin. Continue. And I've I've known him for a long time, and he. Uh, 
he's very uh, he can be very uh, politically correct, or at least he can um, he doesn't like my sarcasm because I feel like that, or I think he thinks that's an East Coast thing. Sarcasm mm-hmm. is strictly like a, <laughs> a Route ninety five kind of thing, you know? Do you? I don't know if sarcasm wasn't Seth Morris as a Pilates instructor for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you wow. go. So that's what kind so of fellow that guy is. There's your context. Let's that's move a, on. Seth Morris to me is an amazing combin. Is an amazing man specifically because of his combination of being such a, a gifted improviser, and truly one of the most gifted improvisers that there is, mm-hmm. uh, no doubt about it, and perfectly comfortable in the context of a of a astonishingly profane. <laughs> improvisational scene and you get the impression oh this is what kind of dude this guy is but then he has this second life as a former pilates instructor those two things together Mm. make him a special man a little too good looking to be uh in comedy yeah also a very handsome fellow yeah a little too good looking that's a good point that is a good point yep and not only that, he's got his his core is a little bit too strong to be in comedy. He's kind of let himself go a little bit. He's looking funnier and funnier. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. good. He yeah. grew that it's about creepy time. mustache for it's a about while. Time. Had a real creepy mustache. He has a lot of weird facial hair. He's very creative. <laughs> with his facial hair. Oh, speaking of creativity, uh, Rob, here on the program we have a segment called Momentous Occasions. What we ask is that when something remarkable or special happens uh, to one of our listeners. Uh, that they call in at 206-984-4FUN, our hotline number, and let us know either uh, as it happens or in the immediate aftermath. Mm -hmm. Uh, We call it momentous occasions. It can range uh, from anything from uh, 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 losing one's virginity to uh, being locked on the porch by uh, the children that you were supposed to be babysitting. And um, kind of more recently, uh, a guy being set up on a weird date with the wife of the man that his wife was cheating on him with. So he, this, the okay. guy who called in was being cuckolded. Mm-hmm. And uh, their a, solution to being caught was, hey, why don't you go on a date with my wife? And they went wow. to see Watchmen. <laughs> <laughs> it's a date movie. That's, That's a why. a two hour and 40 minute movie. Yeah, it's a good yeah. date movie. Don't you feel like probably in the Jordan Jesse Go audience, like a, uh, like a plural. Like a plural marriage is is probably over. What the, what do they call that? Poly polyamory. Polyamory. Polyamory probably over represented. <laughs> Don't you feel like there's more polyamorous people in the Jordan Jesse Go audience than there is in like that? That kind of weird shit is going like on more sample. with our listeners than in a random sample. Yes. I think so, too. Yes. Call in and tell well, us about your yeah. polyamorous marriage. You're going on a cruise with another couple. Don't yeah. tell us Don't tell us about your polyamorous marriage. I feel like if somebody calls in and tells us about their polyamorous marriage, it's going to be so fucking boring. No, you can, yeah. tell, me, you can tell me about it. I'm kind of curious. You are wearing your dinosaur mask right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and jerking it. Anyway, <laughs> momentous occasions. Gonna put it up. Hi, JJ Go. Uh, this is Lee from New York. I'm calling with momentous occasion. Um... I'm on improveverywhere.com, uh, and I'm watching this uh, video about. Uh, I'm watching this video wherein people are singing and dancing in a food court um, as part of their improv everywhere mo, I guess. And at one point, the janitor character uh, announces he's going to dance and throws a broom at none other, none other than you, Jesse, um, which I thought was amazing. And so I'm curious why you didn't mention this on your 
on the, on Jordan Jesse Go. And if you did, I'm curious what well, I don't remember it. Um, excellent cameo. Blah, 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 blah. The reason that I played this is not because it's actually momentous. It's a good example of something that's not momentous, actually. Sure. something not to do. However, yeah. I did want to seize this opportunity because to I brag about tired of, no, I'm tired of getting emails about it. Yes, that is me. The thing is, it's like I'm not on screen for very long, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I, I actually sang a little bit of the song, but they cut that bit of the song out in the video that's on the website So, because I'm a horrible, horrible singer. So were you a mark or, or were you involved? In I was involved in it. Right, it was okay. when when our friend Charlie Todd uh, from Improv Everywhere yeah. uh, came out here to Los Angeles to shoot some of the stuff for when when he made a TV pilot of Improv Everywhere. They made this thing for it. Oh. So he just invited people he knew in L.A. to come do it with him. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes, that's me. We're done with it now. Stop bugging him. You really people really a lot. <laughs> Hi, Jordan Jesse Go. I my name is Dan. I have a momentous occasion. Um, I work in a library, and just now I met a person named Dobson. Until now, I thought Jordan made that name up, but now I see Jordan. I guess was right all along. So, Rob, just to fill you in on the background here, um, <laughs> Jordan has come up with. Uh, I mean, you've probably been in a situation where you're writing something. You've probably done a, a fair share of writing. Best known, of course, as an actor, but but certainly you, you've done your fair share you of writing. You wrote all those uh, children's hospitals, didn't sure, you? Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, Streamy nominated, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Streamy okay, nominated. Go on. You mean? Okay. Go on. Sounds um, like a P award. <laughs> so, <laughs> First annual Streamies. Wow. Yes, coming up soon. Go mm-hmm. ahead. Go ahead. Um, do you think the Streamies could be sponsored by Flomax? I'm just throwing out an idea. <laughs> Um, you've written things, and, and one of the great challenges in writing something is coming up with a great name for a fictional character, because yes. you can't take a real person's name no. um, and use it, because it could be a basis of a libel suit or something like that. And uh, you, if you, when you make up something, it has to have a certain je ne sais quoi, but it can't, you know, there's also it can't be too phony, baloney, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So Jordan came up with two names that are the best names that a character could have. If you want to say them, Jordan. Uh, sure, uh, Chip Dipson and Dip Dobson. Um, so that's why it's of consequence. Gotcha. And yeah. just so you know, if you're ever writing something... These are we've uh, released like these into the creative situation. commons. Oh, that, oh, that's so, nice. So Thank you. If you want to, if we have decided that if you want to name a character Chip Dipson or Dip Dobson in anything, we will not take that as uh, stealing Jordan's idea, but rather we'll take we'll accept it as a like a tribute. I am writing uh, the second season of Children's Hospital as awesome. we speak, and Brian Husky is playing an EMT, and his name will be Chip Dipson. I promise you. Yay! Woo! <laughs> History has been yes. made. That's yes. better than the guy who named his World of Warcraft character that. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody named his World of Warcraft character that, and then uh, like six months and later, they... he emailed us to show like a screen capture of a search for that name. Yeah. Now there's like ten World of Warcraft characters named Chip Dipson. <laughs> I want them to fight each other. <laughs> That's not how it works. <laughs> Hi, Jordan, Jesse, go. This is Rebecca from Boston, and I'm calling with a momentous occasion. I have my first foster care placement today, a little one-and-a-half-year-old boy named Angel who um, won't stop crying, uh, which is understandable, but it's a new adventure, and I thought, wow, you'd like that, but you might not. All right, bye. 
We totally like that. Oh my god, yeah. we really like that. Like How that fucking great is I'm that? Huh? Really moved yeah. by that call. Your, your pants are moved, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Strangely excited by that. Gorilla call. mask, anyone? Any, any talk of foster children get me rock hard in a second. Don't you feel like? <laughs> don't you feel like that is like just what a great momentous occasion, that is right? Truly a momentous. That is occasion. what momentous Absolutely. occasions are all. Well, no, okay. Momentous occasions are all about the guy who is going on a date with the wife of the man who cuckolded him. Yeah, I think also Dobson's a pretty good momentous occasion. Yeah, that's like, also you know. a solid momentous occasion. But, uh, but, but that is truly But that momentous. is really special. Yeah. That's awesome, right? And mm-hmm. I would never have thought of that. If you if you gave me a hundred years, I would have thought of all of the, you know, losing my virginities, getting married, bought my first house that we've all already had. Yeah. This one oh. is truly special. If you have a momentous occasion... 206-984-4-FUN is the number to call. I su- we suggest, strongly suggest, that people prog- program that into their cellular telephones mm-hmm. so that when something momentous is happening, all they have to do, it's like the London train bombing. Put it in your favorites. You just take out, <laughs> your, you just take out, your, you just take out your cell phone and start shooting. In this case, you... Wait, no, start shooting video yeah, with your gotcha. cell phone. Gotcha. Um, in this case, you take out your cell phone. Although my your... cell phone does shoot bullets. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. How are they normal size Christmas... bullets? <laughs> yes. It was a normal Christmas gift bullets. from the Gersh Agency. Yes. <laughs> the Hollywood. <laughs> Thanks so seriously, get... 25% of people in Hollywood yeah. have one of these guns. I would guns. like to thank my representation. Sure, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Chip, Chip Dipson <laughs> at Gersh. You know, I'm at CAA, and all I got was a fruit basket. <laughs> um, uh, so anyway, 206 984 Put it in your cell phone. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan, Jesse, go. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. What does that look mean, Rob? Robert Cordry. Bobby, what are you doing to me? Bobby Cordry. What's going on here? You're freaking out. Yeah, I'm freaking out. I just started freaking out a little bit. I just got nervous. Yeah. This is people going to hear this? Yeah. The whole thing, like the whole. Well, yeah. Can I mean, you cut out most of? Oh sure. Yeah. Oh, just whatever. Did I want. say anything really embarrassing or? I just smoked a lot of weed during that last break, and I got very paranoid. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I just kept going over everything we've been talking remember that about. Glass of, remember that glass of water I gave you right before the show? Yeah, yeah. Did I tell you that that was weed water? You No. I bought it at the dispensary. Why, that's a new thing, weed water. That's why I felt like going out and getting high again. I yeah. Guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, it probably why talk, it tasted so non-watery. Do we talk about Dr. Pepper, or did I dream that? No, that was... Yeah, we talked about uh, that. Can you cut that out, please? No, so you guys, we did not talk about that. Do you have, like a, do you have like a sponsorship with Mr. Pibb or something? Yeah, is that a con- conflicting? Oh boy, he's he, the Doctor Shasta people are going to be very upset. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk after. We'll yeah. talk after. Okay. Grease, okay. grease the legally. palms. Give us a little bit of that Mr. Pibb money, and uh, <laughs> we'll see what we can the do. The deep pockets of Mr. Yes. Pibb. Oh, God. it's a short story I'm writing. Oh, Rob, any... uh, bef- before we before we uh, call it a podcast, you actually had your own momentous occasion. Uh, am I am yeah. I right? I, we were just talking momentous occasions uh, a couple of years ago. I went back ten years probably went went back to uh, get reacquainted with my ex girlfriend. We dated for probably about seven years, and this was we had a long time sp- spoken for a year or two, and yeah. we were, we got together and we uh, we did had you a make great the time. trip specifically for no, this? No, I was there for the Chicago Improv Festival, oh, okay. and then I, she was living in Chicago. And we hung out. We had a great time, and we've been friends ever since. But she introduced me to her boyfriend, now husband, 
and uh, great guy. And and she went to work. He took me. Uh, he's a trapeze artist. He took me uh, to the trapeze in in the middle of a Chicago museum. It was this this thing they were having, and the, we uh, he took me up to the top of the the flying trapeze and, and was gonna he was gonna let me go. I was gonna give it a, a try. And See, I was now terrified. I'm gonna interject something yeah. here really quickly. If I was going to the top of a trapeze with my former long term girlfriend's new boyfriend, mm-hmm. I would have safety concerns. No. No, 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 no. Very kind, warm-hearted person. Never... Do not trust circus folk. There's a net. Yeah. Do not trust circus folk. I think folk. he fancies himself an artist. Okay. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Trapeze guys are different. They fancy themselves uh, yeah, this isn't a like step a, above uh, the normal carny. carny uh, they all, but that's the thing. They all fancy themselves that way. That's, that's what makes... Yeah. They think that doing a weird circus thing is an artsy thing Point and not just roughly equivalent yeah. to uh, being a professional gotcha. renaissance fair employee. Like clowns. Like, for instance, I hate, I don't, I'm not, I hate it when people say they're afraid of clowns. I'm yeah, not yeah. afraid. I just hate clowns because they take <laughs> themselves so fucking seriously. Sure. Yeah. It's a lost you know? art, Rob. It's, not, it's a lost art. It's lost for a reason. Yeah, spoken <laughs> yeah. like someone who's never done Commedia dell'arte. <laughs> Okay, okay, you got me, you got me. I sure, did Rob, my... you know, Rob. we love you and Harold and Kumar and uh, what happens in Vegas, but uh, the real the You would real make comedy... a great Punchinello. I was yeah. just trying to think of the clown's name, the patchworked Harlequino. You might make a very good Il Dottore, too. <laughs> Thank Worth you. considering. Okay, so here's, you. here's what I want your agents to start selling you as, an emboldened servant type. Well, yeah. he would be like, my agent would do that, and he'd say, it just keeps... Keeps people guessing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just What's keep next? Guessing. What's next? The thing, you? you know what? Oh, you know what? I feel like Rob's agent has been selling him as an emboldened servant, and he would be better served being sold as uh, a young lover. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you. Am I right, Rob, yes, or am I right? Who, who gets right. set up by the emboldened servants? Yes. Yeah. Did we mention that I've worked with Oliver Stone? <laughs> Have we talked about that? We did. Okay, good. Yeah, I believe you worked on you worked on the film that was in his. He directed um, Harold and Kumar too. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say the the film that was that was closest to uh, his sort of center of skill and ability, the uh, political satire farce, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, so you're of you're at the <laughs> <laughs> you're at the top of uh, trapeze, yeah, uh, it, it, or as I call it, a death trap. Death trapeze. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, he it, now it's a what hard, kind of guy is this guy? He's a very is he like a lanky, short and stocky and very oh, muscular but stocky. Yeah. He's got a compact center Solid, of gravity. Yes, yeah, that's the yes. kind of the build you want for a trapeze artist. Yes, I think I... so. His uh, ample arms were wrapped around my waist. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and I was, you have to lean out very far to hold the trapeze. It's very scary. And I was terrified. And that's when I felt the tip of his penis, <laughs> flaccid penis, Flat, flaccid. against uh, my behind. Were you wearing trapezing clothes? I was wearing, uh, I must have been, had you loose borrowed a trapezing pants? No, I must have been wearing some kind of sweat pant. Sure. Mm-hmm. Because you just, because that was because this is jeans. like what 1998 and that was your it was about 98 97 that, 98, yeah. so that was your yeah sweatpants period <laughs> so yeah. we said really you fat. rarely got out of sweatpants in really your life yeah. yeah i did have a sweatpants even period. for traveling yeah yeah yeah. Uh, so when, you, when you were on the daily show we often saw you behind a desk what exactly. maybe they didn't see waist mm-hmm. down 
You were pants. enormously fat. White socks. Waist down, yeah. you were corpulently <laughs> obese. <Yep. laughs> it was a mutant, a news mutant. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. the tip of tip, the very tip of his Let's penis. Let's get back I to felt... the tip of this penis <laughs> bouncing against my uh, uh, hindquarters. Let me ask you just this bouncing question. against it too, because he was kind of holding me. Let's and... just there's say, a rhythmic, there's uh, a rhythmic yeah. situation. Let's to say the your butt had been made out of rather than flesh, it had been made okay. out of sculpey. Go ahead. Then you had baked. <laughs> I'm with you. Then you had baked your butt afterwards. Would you be able to use that as a mold to create a new trapeze wiener? I would be able to use that, not knowing whether he was circumcised or not. Mm-hmm. So I would be able to use probably the very tip of his trapeze wiener. Yeah, sure. I'd be okay. able to fashion. Yes, excellent. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah, that could I have come in a handy. Clear sense memory of it as yeah. well, like a very clear. Have you ever used that for in your I'm work? Saving that one. Right. I'm saving that one for the right time. For you have right, to bank right. your Oscar moment. You have to bank your your moments. You're going to be you, since you're since you're shooting this movie a hot tub a hot tub time machine. Hot tub time machine. I imagine I might get a chance to use it some sense hot mem- during some sense memory work. Well, cuz you're going to be working with what? Clark Duke, right? And uh, Clark Duke and uh Craig Robinson. Craig Robinson and the uh, John Cusack. John well, if Cusack. you're working with Cusack, Seems like a great opportunity because he's known for the tip of his wiener, isn't he? Isn't that what he was? Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, no, he... no, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. no. I'm, You're no, talking about his sister, up... Joan. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. What a pleasure. Uh, That's the wiener you're thinking of. You know, Jordan, I don't know if you've had an opportunity to view uh, Rob Corddry's uh, Streamy Award-nominated <laughs> Um, uh, internet video film, uh, General Hospital. What's it called? Children's <laughs> Hospital. General. Children's Hospital. I'd watch the whole. I watched you the whole nine yards. You were a guest on the Sound of Young America. That's it was right, difficult though. to watch too because the WB.com is a shitty, shitty website. Well, they actually revamped it because we were getting so many hits. Oh, and really? They destroyed it, and they made it. it's a better player now. Oh, that's yeah. good. That's it's a good. shitty. It website. was a train wreck of yeah. a website. Yeah. I could not figure out how to do anything with it. Terrible. It didn't like my browsers. It was a real situation. No one, my mother couldn't watch it for like a week. But nowadays, mm. it's been revamped. I think it's it's on some. There's some of it is on YouTube and whatnot as well. Well, there's like trailers on YouTube. Okay, they, they, just trailers. We, it's part of my deal that it's going to be released. Uh, they call it syndication. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. be released internet wide, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, I, I'm not sure when that's gonna happen. You're making another one too, right? And we're doing You're it for TV. More? We're doing it for TV. It's gonna oh, be on. Really? Uh, yeah, uh, we're, it's either gonna be on Adult Swim or Comedy Central. We're in uh, oh, something that's of a bidding war. It's, it should be, man. That's like basically like stuff on the internet, even stuff made by people that I love, usually is not funny. That was exceptionally funny. <laughs> oh, Very thanks. funny well, work. Yeah. I hope. Uh, I hope we can. You know, I'm going to have a lot of other people help me write the second yeah. season because it's going to be like 12, 11-minute episodes. So it's twice as much right. stuff. Uh, so I'm going to have some help. I think David Wayne and Ken Marino are going to write a couple, and that's Paul great. Shear and Rob Hubel are going to write a couple. You, can, you can't. That's, that's heavy hitters. I would You're love to have in, like Robert, Tim and Eric, too. Bobby, you are bringing in some heavy hitters right now. Yeah. You're yeah. talking about a, If you're talking about a, uh, David Wayne, you're talking about a Ken Marino. Yeah. You're talking about a, a Paul Shear. You're talking about a Rob Hubel. Yeah. You're talking about heavy hitters. Heavy hitters. Sure. Yeah, A team. Murderers first row. First string. First string. Yeah, the thing the thing that I thought was noteworthy about the children's hospital, uh so ridiculous, so silly, but it had all of those comic performers nowadays 
who just really commit to that ridiculousness. And it like had this gravity that was almost upsetting throughout the hilarious. <laughs> now, tell me this. Do you think you could get away with, because that's the kind of comedy I like. Just sure. take no winking at all. Just taking it very seriously. Do you think you can get away with that on like a half an hour show? It's a challenge. A I mean, I know yeah. Children's Hospital is just kind of like a loose framework to write sketches, right? But mm-hmm. it's basically a sketch show. But but like, could you do that for an actual narrative show, like a comedy? But it's not a comedy like in, well, in the way isn't Thirty that, Rock. Well, is. that would be like uh, that like would be like a poli- uh, like a police files. Police files or <laughs> airplane, yeah. right? I yeah, mean, it's the same kind of. Police squad is that yeah, what it's police called? Police squad, yeah. Police squad. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, it sounds like I mean, it'll in in that kind of Adult Swim, you know, time block. I mean, that's a kind of a guaranteed home run, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. they're also making it. They're they're sort of launching. If we go with Adult Swim, they're going to be launching uh, their prime time with it. They're going to go to oh, like a nine wow. o'clock. Really? Yeah, that's late cool. late prime time. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Nice. They can get a little naughty. You're looking, a little, at, uh, you're looking at LPT, but yeah, still. yeah, yeah. yeah. We have Not, fun. Rob, what a pleasure is, to have Rob Cordry here, huh? Great Friday. What a great day oh, this has been. Oh, God. And now I'm going to go on a cruise. I'm going to take Vicodin. <laughs> oh, I'm going go to, to do something store. else. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, <sighs> it was fun. Uh, oh, shit. Before we go, I got an action item for this week's show. Yeah. Holy shit, this is important. Oh, cruise action related. Action item. It's cruise related. Okay, we were talking about making friends on cruises. Mm-hmm. I want to know... Who is the craziest and or most fascinating person or personal interaction you ever had while you were on vacation? So out of town, out of country, what person have you met that was the weirdest, the strangest experience you ever had? The person that you met, 206-984-4FUN is the number to call, 206-984-4FUN. Leave us a message. Tell us who that was. We'll talk about it next week. Uh, Our theme music, Love You by the Free Design, from the best of the Free Design, which is called Kites Are Fun, courtesy of Light in the Attic Records and the the Free Design. Thank you so much. It's a wonderful song. Uh, And we'll talk to you next time on Jordan, Jesse, Go. Bye.